Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 409, Invincible On Call. I don't know why I called it Invincible On I mean, I did. I do know why. We're, we're going to get to that. Uh, but yeah, so D, what's up, buddy? This week we're gonna we're gonna follow up on the thing we talked about about the University of your beloved University of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a very talking about the weekend. Very yeah. good, good day from sports standpoint sure. overall. Yesterday, today not so much. Yeah, but well, again, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, we're also gonna talk about the Marvels box office woes. <laughs> And uh, we're going to review uh, Invincible Season 2, Episodes 1 and Dose. Okay, just so you know, you sounded a little bit like Stewie with that laugh right there, or that (laughs) chuckle. (laughs) Uh, I want to cackle so bad, but I don't want to blow everybody's eardrums out. Like the witch in Bugs Bunny? Yeah, very much. I mean, just like my... Just my, just like my, uh, my normal Joker cackle. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so... So anyway. speaking of Joker cackle, I, I think of Joker every time now that we're watching The Fall of the House of Usher, which, I mean, it came out like a month ago. It's really good so far. We tried watching it and found it boring. And well, you you didn't like 1883, which because it was boring. I, I almost unfriended you just for that right there. You're not allowed to unfriend but. me when you have a friend who told you he loved, not liked, loved the Marvels, and then went on to simp like a traditional Biden, Biden voter would. No, I can do that because it's not me. So <laughs> it's you. Yeah. So I gotta watch Bass Reeves though. But anyway, the point is, you gotta that, watch what? Uh, Bass Reeves. It started last. Oh week. yeah. That one looks interesting. So, so um, speaking of Fall of House of Usher and Joker, mm-hmm. Mark Camel is the character in there, and he talks it's very similar to how he talks when he is playing the Joker. You mean when he plays the trickster? Yeah, trickster. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, it's when he plays the Joker, too. He used the same voice as he did from the 1990s Flash to be the Joker. Oh, the, oh, the trickster from, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah he, he uses that voice, so, anyway, which is. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Um, well, where we're talking about things we watched that we kind of really liked this week, uh, I got to throw my hat in the ring with the Becky verse. So Becky and Wrath of Becky are were so much fun. Are they going to do a third one? Yeah, they are. Cause it, yeah, and it's gonna be <laughs> awesome, and I can't wait. It's in the vein. It's it's a they're they're John Wick genre movies. Oh, I I got the feel of. From a tone standpoint, not the action or whatever, mm-hmm. but it had the tone when I saw the, I just saw the trailer, I think for just Becky. Yeah. It had that happy death day kind of, it's like, like um, dark comedy. There is dark comedy of. to it for sure. It's like the, the last house on the left um, or house at the end of the pier or whatever it's called. That one, the horror movie where the guys break in and kill everybody and the girl, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like that, but like more satirical. Okay, but it's awesome. I like. I can't wait for the third one. And where is this? It's on Paramount Plus. Okay, so or um, if you still have the Showtime app, which I don't think anybody does, but yeah, so good. Lulu Wilson as Becky. So, so she been in. Um, Oh, you know what? I'm pretty sure she was the girl. In one uh, in what was it, Annabelle Creation? If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. she was in Ouija Origin of Evil. So, yep. Oh yeah, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, Creation yeah, right there. Her. Yeah, that's her. Yep, that's her. So anyway, she's really good. I liked her a lot. Um, you know, she was on um, Fall of the House wow. of Usher. Yep. She was. Uh, I didn't know the fir- she was the uh, first- Riker and Troy's daughter in Picard. So anyway, I didn't realize the first one came out in twenty twenty. Yeah, I didn't either. So I just found out about him last week. So 
I was watching something and the Wrath of Becky came up and it's like, this is the sequel to, and I was like, hold on now. Slow your roll. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> so Let me check it out because yeah. I did, when I saw the, tra- I actually saw the trailer a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah. I mean, Kevin Jones plays, <laughs> or Kevin Jones, Kevin James plays a neo-Nazi and then Stifler plays a neo-Nazi. It's great. It's so great between the two movies. <laughs> and Joel McHale gets gets got. So that's, that's not necessarily a, spoiler, a bad man. thing. Huh? It's in the previews. All three of those things. <laughs> so so Joel McHale is like her beagle. <laughs> I mean, if we're going with the John Wick metaphor, I mean, why not? Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let right. let's let's cut this witty banter short because we've been going for six minutes at it, uh, and let's talk about your six beloved. That you press your on. Okay. Let's let's talk about your beloved University of Michigan Wolverines. The University of Michigan board considers leaving the Big Ten, so they went ahead and they suspended Jim Harbaugh for three games, but only to not coach during the games. He can still coach all week. Um, and, and this is, this is really dumb. Um, I think the big 10 is really dumb because there's like 43 teams in the big 10 now, but there's still just the big it 10. It hasn't um, been the big 10 since like 1992 or something. When like they that. became the big 12. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. There's this ongoing NCAA thing going on. And I think they even came out and said, we don't have any evidence of any of this. Like uh, the, any wrongdoing, no more than what everybody else does. The, and and again, this this can this leads to some of the things we've seen over the years when people get fired from jobs for accusations. This is actually worse because they're doing an investigation, and so and it's not done, and they haven't found anything, and it's something, and also it's stealing signs, which everyone does, right. It's it's one of the dumbest things that I've ever seen in right. in, in my life. Well, it, and, and I'm not exactly. It's not when because I say the that. NCAA, like FIFA, like any of these national governing boards for sports, are all just corrupt oh fuckheads. FIFA right? is so. Um, I will say this: I'm I'm I forgot that Sonny Ono left the University of Cincinnati to go be the president of the University of Michigan, and Santa, uh, Santa Ono. Well, I said Sonny. Yeah. Sorry, Santa Ono. <laughs> left he's a great college administrator like i'm not gonna say this about a lot of people who who are involved mm-hmm. with higher education santa ono is a great college administrator and he legitimately started a viral trend what well when they were asking him about it he just tweeted bet he's the one who started oh that. yeah that that yeah and yeah. so like so, tom brady's response to the bet was the best one yeah that was awesome so and again i didn't know anything about because i don't attention to you know administrators or anything Mm -hmm. like that but i remember when he got hired and the guys for the mods on the message board and the you know the michigan Mm -hmm. wolverine website said this is going to be a huge huge hire because of his how he backs the universities Mm -hmm. and backs the athletic department not just the athletic department the players and the coaches and if this if he wasn't here and it was the previous president. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh would be gone now. Yeah, he would be gone, like guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like this article we're talking about, where the big t- and again, people don't, people are brushing this off. The fact that these regents and every and because again, going back to p- what people in the know, people that have been following Michigan and been a part of the program for decades have said they have never seen the university whether it be the administrative, the athletic department, everyone is on the same page right, right now with this. Right. They've never seen this before, yeah. ever. And this guy is Tony Petiti. One, he's a coward. Because you, if you're going to suspend somebody, have right. the guts to do it when they can fight it. Right. But you suspend them when they're in late, the air. Late on Friday night. Yeah. He, yeah. I, w- I would say, and again, I would, uh, if I ever saw him, I would say this to his face. I was like, you're a coward. You're what coward, you Riggins. Cowardly. Yeah, but he's not as cool. As you'll, you'll suspend a cripple's <laughs> coach, but you won't fight a cripple? 
everything comes back to that, doesn't it? I mean, it is the greatest. That or Varsity Blues. It is the greatest line in the history of television. Jason yeah. Street there after just killing it in Murder Ball, trying to get in a fight with Tim Riggins. You know, they're like one step short of just yelling Texas forever at each other as they limply throw punches towards each other. I mean, great. Yeah. It's a great scene. And yes, everything but, does come back to Varsity Blues as well, especially when we talk about football. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't want your lie. I mean, they gave Wendell every single chance to get in the end zone. And, you know, they went with the running back workhorse mentality. So, I mean, half of these guys are getting their ride to Grambling after this game. So, um, no. I mean, I, I love – so I, I was watching some some Michigan – friends and Ohio State friends go back and forth on Facebook today for a little bit just because I was bored. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the one guy's like, I don't want to hear anything about it. it. Wasn't even a close game. It was 24 to 15. The only one by, you know, what's that? Nine. Nine. And uh, it's like, I almost commented. I was like, they ran the ball 32 straight times just to run the clock out because they could. Yeah. Like well, McCarthy only threw think- nine passes. Yes. Well, technically eight because well, the one was yeah. pass interference, sure. so it but doesn't still. count. He, he, he threw the ball nine nine times. Ferris Bueller nine had times. more absences than McCarthy had throws this week. Yes. And, like, th- this was a statement game as much as it was anything else. So you lose your coach mm-hmm. 20 hours before the not game even. or less than that. Not even that. And you, you only get word that he's not going to be able to coach officially like an hour and a half before you uh, go right. out there. The toughest place you will play all year. The best mm-hmm. defense that you're going to play, like, because mm-hmm. again, Penn State's defense is legit. Like, not even, right. they're better than Ohio State's oh, defense. Yeah. I think they're overall, they're better than Michigan's defense. Um, I mean, they're a little light in the caboose. That's why they ran the ball on yeah. them. But, that's where you can get them at, but overall team speed and everything. And you have idiots like Joey Galloway saying they're not a top, one of the top teams because they didn't throw the ball in the second half. Wouldn't that tell you that they are because they just did one thing and right. the best defense couldn't stop it? Yeah. But again, a lot of these people are just they're they're it talk these talking heads are idiots that right. don't usually. We've seen Stephen A. Smith talk about a guy, this was a few years ago, is going to have a big impact in the game when the guy had been out with an ACL injury all year for eight for like ten right. weeks. Right. These guys don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, they don't level. they don't know they don't know shit about shit. And then the other big thing coming out was uh Sharon Moore's uh I love how they call this uh in this in this uh Yahoo Sports uh, Sports Illustrated thing. He gave a college football out uh, he gave college Football. Uh, Words are hard. Let me reach. <laughs> I haven't heard let that me, in a while. Let me rephrase this. Moore's tactic worked, and he gave college football at large an all-time tear-filled, profanity-laced post-game interview for it. And I mean, yeah, he's crying, and he's great. And I'm gonna play it, and I'm gonna see if y'all can hear it. Coach Harbaugh, fucking love you, man. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Thank you, Coach. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's like an emotional thing. It was pretty freaking awesome. It's gone completely viral. Um, you know, what, what do you expect when you have these kids out there? I'm sorry, kids who are busting their yeah. ass. They bust their ass, you know, like for their sports. And maybe not in the classroom. Some of them do. But maybe not in the classroom as much as they should. But they bust their ass for their sport. And and these kids are out there busting their ass, trying to win a national title for their Maybe the first time in Michigan's history. I don't know. Um, Since 97. It's a joke. Um, But, you know, (laughs) you you have all these other people who are just like 
see, this is the thing I hate. Like coaches get so much blame for stuff and so much credit for stuff. And then if a coach does something bad, they can just leave and go start up somewhere else. And it's the kids who are left behind, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who, yes. who suffer. Like Kentucky. Like the University of Kentucky Wildcats, their football team used to be great. And then they got the death sentence. And they've kind of come back a few times like to be a, a ranked team. But they're never going to be what they were ever, ever again. Mm-hmm. And that ruined it for all those kids who were there. So... I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, I like it. I, I I just liked it. Like I don't even like Michigan, and I'm enjoying this. I, I think it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, you know, and all, again, all I these Ohio a, State shills can fuck off. Yeah, and I I I have no love lost for the NCAA because they're a garbage organization yeah. that picks and chooses when to enforce what and letting teams slide over things that are egregiously worse than right. sign ceiling. There, there's a reason why any foot guy that plays football that talks about this just shrugs their shoulders mm. and says, not really a big deal. Right. Like pretty much every football player that has played, none of them think this is a big deal. Well, you especially because Ohio State and Rutgers gave Purdue uh, the Purdue. Michigan signs last year. In the Big Ten Championship. Yes. So, you know. Yes. But the problem is, yeah. is these teams are afraid of Michigan. They're they're just a juggernaut. And it's really interesting. And I hope they kick the shit out of the suck nuts. Oh. So. They, they, are, they are absolutely going to bomb Ohio State. Like, Where's with the Harbaugh on the sidelines, without him, it's at Michigan. Oh, yeah. They are so, going to bomb them. Right. Because they know that... Ohio State was the one that Ohio State dropped a dime. This. Yeah. And what do snitches so, get? They get stitches. They get stitches. Or they get cleats on their chest. So no, they get the stitches. You know, and Ryan Day, you know, you stab one of ours, you shoot one of theirs. They put one of ours in the hospital, you put one of theirs in the morgue. <laughs> you know? They just gotta play the Chicago way. And not the Bulls. So they got to play. You know what they need to do is they need to, since it's Michigan, they need to come up with like the day rules, like the bad boys did back in the day with the Jordan rules. Oh, yeah. And here, the Jordan rules were really, really simple. It was a really simple thing. You just knock him down every time he drives the lane. That was the Jordan yep. rules. And that's how you stop him. <laughs> like, yep. it's like in a knight's tale. How do you beat him? On a horse? It's impossible. Well, how do you recommend it? Why he sleeps with the stick. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, But, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're going to continue to follow this because I find it interesting, even though I don't like it. And I know know Daryl likes talking about it. So, um, all right. You want to move on? Yes. Let's move on to box office gold. Box office gold. (laughs) Um, so our favorite movie of 2023, I mean, bombed, premiered, bombed, wait, hold on, premiered and bombed this weekend. Um, the Marvels opens to 47 million. (laughs) So two weeks ago, this movie was going to open between 75 and 80. And as long ago as yesterday. (laughs) They were still saying it was going to open between sixty or fifty-five and sixty-five. And what did I tell you? I told you it was not going to make fifty million dollars. And then it came out, yeah. and they did Thursday night previews, and it made three point three million dollars. That's three point one million dollars less than the Flash no. did. Yeah, it was six point something. Yeah, sorry. The Flash oh no, yeah, nine. they did six point. Yeah. They made three point three million less than the Flash. Three point one million less, less than which, the Flash. When you um, said when right. you said that to me, oh well, because I was looking all day Friday for for the for the you know what did it do, and they did not release anything. Yeah, anything about like, it. We're gonna so. have to. I I couldn't even find it. It took me a while to find something about yeah. that. So, um, when, when I was talking to somebody, cause I just want, I knew you said, told me, but I was like, just in case I'm like, where do you see that from? Right. I'm like, I could not find it at first. Yeah. It was nowhere. But, but if it was like 15 million, 
Yeah, it would be everywhere. Or if it was, if it was eleven million, it would be everywhere. It will, yeah, it was, yeah. No, They'd be like, million. look, look how much better it did than the Flash. So, um, yeah. So it ended up. So right now, worldwide, this article from the the Hollywood Reporter is saying one hundred and ten. Um, but right now, Box Office Mojo, it's worldwide is eighty eight million, and it opened in in. Uh, they probably don't have all of the worldwide markets reporting in yet, um, mm-hmm. but it opened in fifty-one markets. So I mean, that's a huge opening, uh, and it only pulled in sixty-three million from the overhead seas. Now, here's the funny thing. Okay, um, it says it also came in behind expectations overseas when it launched with sixty-three point three million from fifty-one material markets for a global start of one hundred and ten point three million. Against a hefty two hundred million dollar production budget, that is a oh, lie. That is that a one hundred percent lie. Because in the Disney quarterly or earnings at the end of Q two in twenty twenty two, it was already at two hundred and eighty million. And then they went back and did more. They did two more rounds of post production and reshoots after that. I am so tired of so, these. But here's the thing: even if lie. it's 110 million, Disney's only getting 50 million at most of that. Yeah, absolutely. At most. There, again, as I said, and that this, doesn't count the 100 million dollar marketing budget that's been going on for this thing. Yeah. So, so this is that's this that's is some black girl magic failure. right there. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they put that line in 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 this movie. Yeah. That's you know what this is. Who wrote this? Oh, never mind. It's girl math. It was written by Pamela, Pamela McClintock. Who's that? I don't know. She's just some writer for the Hollywood Reporter. But it's girl math because you know girls. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the black. No, girl I'm magic, just but... being really sexist right now. No. So, um, but yeah, it says here until now, rival DC was the superhero studio that endured. With the biggest ups and downs, with a good number of their films opening to fifty million or less in comparison, many MCU releases started with a hundred million or more domestically. This summer's DC Flash debuted to a dismal fifty-five million dollars domestically on the way to topping a paltry two hundred and seventy million dollar globally. Great, Captain Marvel. That that's the that's the ceiling for Captain Marvel: two hundred and seventy point six million dollars globally. But even more damning is that next line. Word of mouth is killing the Marvels, which is only the third MCU title to receive a B cinema score from audiences after Eternals and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Right. Both were absolutely terrible films. Terrible. The vast majority terrible. of the MCU releases have earned some variation of an A. And Rotten Tomatoes, I don't really care. But yeah, that's the Dude, thing. Rotten Tomatoes is important because it is an aggregate. It is an aggregate. It doesn't matter if they hide things or not. It is still just an aggregate. Yeah. I Like I said, I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but the thing is with this, and, and I, just because I've seen some reviews, I know the, I know the direction the MCU is going. This is not going to be an example with, like Guardians 3. Guardians right. 3 didn't start off strong, but it had a good word of mouth. So it actually ended up doing pretty decently at the box office despite a substandard start. Right. This right. is going to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying it, 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 you can like what you want. I don't care who you are. I just told somebody, hey, and you know this, I am absolutely a Zack Snyder stan. stan. 100% guilty as charged. Guilty. And I can objectively say a lot of his movies have leave something to be desired. Most. But I love it anyway, except most of them. Most of them. I love them anyway, but I'm not going to tell you and say Man of Steel, as much as I loved it, was a great movie, was a superb Superman movie, because it wasn't. I can look at stuff and say, I really liked, I really loved that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't good. And it's not going to, it's, I even knew after watching Man of Steel, I was like, this is going to be a little di- bit divisive. I didn't realize how much, so I don't, I don't recall. I mean, I think you realized but, when we came out of the theater and you were like, I loved it. And everyone looked at you like you had yeah. three arms growing out of your head. Yes, I absolutely loved it. And, and you were I, like, wait, what? what? But do you, you know what? You guys I didn't wouldn't love it. But I wouldn't argue sure. that it was great. Right. 
and that and that's the thing. What people again, entertainment is entertainment. That's fine. I mean, just the because is, the Kents movie, were monsters. Oh gosh. Just because this this movie is, mm. it, it it is going to bomb even harder as the weeks go on. Oh yeah. And it's going to be forgotten, and it's going to probably be on video in a month or on digital in a month or something like days. that because. Yes. Well, I mean, if it's really bad, bad, if it's really bad, they'll probably do that 30 day thing that that they've been doing for the really bad things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but here's the thing. Even if this thing opens to number one and they're like, the Marvels is the number one movie in America. It's like, shut up. Yeah. And again, I will check it out just because, again, I know it's. Oh, yeah, it is. It's number one. I, I don't. Okay. Number one, Five Nights at Freddy at its second or third week, nine million. It's already mm-hmm. on Peacock. You can watch that for free. Taylor Swift, well, you could, end. You, Sorry. No, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's was a day and date yeah. release. Yeah, yeah, I didn't but that's what I'm it. saying. Yeah. And it still made 78 million at the theater. Right. On, on opening its opening day. weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Opening weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, made 5.9 million this weekend. Great. Who cares? Uh, Priscilla, a very niche, niche. Um, drama about Priscilla Presley, which actually looks really good and has gotten good reviews, 4.8 million. And I'm going to guess it was in less than... Yeah, it was in four theaters. <laughs> so uh, I was going to guess it was in less than 1,000. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, it's in 3,600 theaters. Wow, that's pathetic, actually. Um Wow. I mean, it hasn't even, it just made 59 million and it's in its fourth week, fifth week. Yeah. Uh, oh, not good. Not good, Margaret Scorsese. Not good. Um, but yeah, so the Marvels is in, it's probably 4,200. Oh, 4,030. So um, on average, it made 500 or 5,334 per theater on Friday, 3,700. And 96 on Saturday and 2,531 on Sunday. And you have to remember those Friday numbers include the 3.3 million from Thursday. Or 6.1 million from Thursday. 6.6 million from Thursday. Okay, here's the thing though. Is they're still going forward. They should have cut those, those scenes out and not put them in. Because they are just going to continue to flop if they go this MCU path. Yeah. The, okay, hold on. Uh, I, Priscilla was in f- 2,361 theaters. Oh, okay. So, anyway, but yeah. I will um, say this. That the, the best thing for the MCU right now, and again, not what they should do, but what they are doing. The best thing is that there's one movie coming out next year. And that's right now. That's Deadpool. With that being said, yeah. they would be. Then they're not going to do this. What they should do. Well, is, they pushed it back again. Yeah. What they should do is, with all this other stuff, until you get a staff of writers that wants to write good, that want to write good stories instead of messages and diversity and all that garbage life lessons and girls giving life lessons until you get people that want to explore the characters and explore good stories number one and two or one and one a or one a and one b then don't put anything out don't even put anything on the drawing board until you get those type of writers because what you have now are what they what and what they are are diversity hires who don't have either don't have the experience don't have the talent mm-hmm. uh, don't have the focus or desire to do good stories because they have an agenda or you know, sometimes it's all three and that's why the MCU is to- it's completely out it's it's off the radar now for people like when i see an MCU movie you and we can go back to when years a few years ago when we were like in the, in the mid 2015s the mid mid 2015s, the mid 2010s, I should mm-hmm. say, where something would come out and we were, oh man, it's a Friday, taking Friday off to go see this. Right. 
We haven't done that in, since Infinity War. Yeah, no desire to do that. Right. Haven't had desire to do that. Like, and again, they're going to try this soft reboot with starting with Deadpool and with Loki kind of like leading into it. And right. it's just not, you're just, again, it's what, you know, when, when, when you have a pro- program, like an old program and you keep putting right. and you keep trying to build on top of it instead of getting a new thing. And it's like, when you tear it apart, you're like, how did the, how did you, how did you put this together? Because that you really need to start over with the MCU. Yeah. But they're not going to do it. They can't do it. Well, I mean, they can and they should, but they won't. That's the real thing. Anyway. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll, we're going to be on the Marvel's box office watch for the next few weeks. Um, probably dancing on his grave at some point relatively soon. Probably. All right. Uh, moving on. Invincible's back. Kind of snuck up on us. It really did, yeah. Um, didn't even realize it was coming back when it did, and it's like, oh, Invincible, I got a notification. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to watch it. Um, as you all recall, I thoroughly disliked season one. Um, yes. I think a nice way you of actually, saying that is I hated it. Yeah, I was about to say, you disliked it more than I did, Yeah, which I understand because you were very much – more into Invincible than I was, it's, even though I read the whole thing. It's in my top two favorite comics of all time. Yeah. And so. I did start rereading the, yeah, I got the volume one of three. Yeah. When before the last year when yeah. this came out. Yeah. And so I was, it was very fresh in my mind because I read that before and it was yeah. just. <sighs> Here's the beauty. Very disappointing. It's 143 issues. You can read through all 143 issues in like three or four days, because it's super easy to read. Yes, um, which I highly recommend doing. But yeah, so um, we 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 so we had the Adam Eve thing that we we talked about the Invincible presents Adam Eve, um, and we reviewed that a few months ago when that came out. Um. But it's it's just really funny. Um, the The first episode comes comes back and it's called "A Lesson for Your Next Life." It's written by Soul Choi, directed by Simon Rapakoa, Rasopia, something like that. Um, and it's uh picks up kind of after the whole thing with Nolan and everything, and um Nolan and Mark, and we are introduced. We we got Angstrom Levy at the end of the. The first uh, season, kind of, uh, but we're, we're we're actually introduced to to the scientist Angstrom Levy Levy who can create these portals and jump through, and he has access to the entirety of the multiverse. Um, I will say I like the way they use the multiverse with Invincible because it is a weapon. Yes. Um. But so this episode is is focused. I mean, and, okay, so I really liked the season two premiere. I like the Adam Eve thing a lot, but I really like the season season two premiere um, because it's nearly like panel for panel. Um, right. And you've got Angstrom Levy, and you see him going through different dimensions, different realities where Mark and his father go bad, um, you know, and, and so you, you understand why he feels the way he does about this, but what he needs is take all the other versions of himself and essentially ingest their memories. So not only does he have, cause he's the only one who has access to everything. So then not only does he have access, he has the knowledge of everything. So he, uses the Mahler twins to take their cloning technology essentially and use that as far as that whole mind meld goes across multiple dimensions, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I just love this world of invincible as far as I'm talking about the comic book 
And I did. I, I find it kind of funny, that, and you'll find this out when we do our ratings. By the way, I just saw what the subtitle was for this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Invincible Prime is uneven uh, uneven as... Oh, I have a typo. It's as uneven as... Anal, anal, oh, God, words are hard. Invincible on Prime is as uneven, uneven as Amber's character on Prime. Plain and yes. simple. So, yes. Um, yeah, so in this one, she's all lovey-dovey. Oh, I love my superhero boyfriend. Um, yeah, and I, I sent a message. I messaged you. Hmm. I didn't send it the first episode because I did right. like the first episode. Yeah. But I, second one, not so much. But it's very difficult to get over the changes of her character. And it's not <laughs> just that they race swapped her. She right. is Amber in name only. Oh, yeah. She's not and, in the same character. And again, it's almost, and one of the things we talked about in season one was how they shortchanged, it seemed like they were shortchanging, shortchanging Mark's mother's kind of depression Oh, of yeah. you know, finding out about what her husband, uh, right. but it's almost like they're kind of backtracking in that from what we've seen so, so we'll far. We'll get to that because that's more about the next issue or the next yeah. episode, but here, just real <laughs> quick with this one. Um, so it's, it's like pretty much shot for shot. Um, the other thing that's happening in this is bulletproof joins the guardians. Rudy is, you know, robot is, is, you know, demoted and the mortal who is back, um, takes over. And, and so there's, there's that stuff going on. Um, and then at the end of the episode, um, Mark shows up and tries to stop what's happening and the Maulers start attacking them and Mark can't, can't and won't listen to Angstrom Levy. Who's trying to tell him like, Hey, like stop, like this is not what I want to happen. And then he's telling the Maulers to stop because he doesn't want anyone killed. Um, and then there's an explosion. It kills all of the Angstrom counterparts and um, all but one of the, you know, Maulers, um, who's now badly scarred, which will hopefully, hopefully they do that justice with, with how that's done in the comics. But now he blames Mark for everything. And then mm -hmm. he escapes to go get healed, um, which is cool. So out of uh, how many angstroms does it take to end the worlds out of five? What do you give this one? 3.85. Nice. Uh, I give this one a four. Like I really, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I thought it was a great use of Mark, um, and because they heavily relied, like just like the Walking Dead TV show did, they have re heavily relied for the shot for shot story. Uh, I liked mm -hmm. it, and I want to see more of that. And it's not a surprise. This is the likely for me the best episode. Other, than, well, I was going to say other than the Adam evening, which again going about how they translated that from the page, which was very close to what we got in the comics. Right. Not a surprise that this is one of the, is the other right. excellent, good episode. Yeah. 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 Character changes, notwithstanding like the couple, you know, the, what you have, the will and the Amber, but overall, overall, it was very close to what we got. And it, again, it goes to the point. You're not smarter. You're not better than the original writers. Yeah. Don't try to be. Oh, yeah. By the way, um, out of five spot-on character representations, you gave Adam Eve a 4.44 out of five, and I gave mm -hmm. it a 4.59 out of five. Just a just yes. up there. So, um, but yeah. So, okay, let's move on then to the next episode. This one is, in about six hours, I lose my virginity to a fish. Um, directed by Ian Abadondo, Abadu, Abando, Abando, oh, yeah. um, and written by Matt Lambert. Uh, and so this one, like, again, they veered off. They changed the whole thing with the Atlanteans. Um, but yeah. we, we, we get the kickoff of Mark's graduation fighting Doc Seismic. Um, the problem is, is they left out the they they talk about the alien attack, but they leave out all of the pertinent stuff about the alien attack. And during the alien attack is when Mark and Amber got really close, and Mark really 
was concerned about Debbie's alcoholism. Um, yes. And so now what they're doing is Debbie is still a strong, powerful woman who won't take no crap off of anybody, you know, but then in the privacy of her own home, she's an alcoholic who breaks down and it's just yeah. like, okay. Um, they had the, the flash version character, the version of the flash, his wife shows up at, at one point to talk to Debbie. And I think that was in the previous episode, but it was like stupid. Um, <laughs> it was like, come on. She's obviously going to kill her. Like she's obviously she's Russian. That's what she's going to do. <laughs> um, it's what, it's what they do, comrade. She shows up and she says, if she dies, she dies. Dios for Daniel. But yeah, so so here we have like Invincible. He's just literally spends the majority of these past two episodes just flying around trying to help people. Yeah. Um, and, and so Cecil agrees to give him a shot. Um, and, you know, he does his thing and he's he's fine at it. They send him to stop um, Darkwing, um, who was actually like Shadow Boy. I, I forget that. I forget all the names. There's so many. There's so many great characters, um, you know, that 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 happen. And, and and so this episode, they stuff like ten pounds of crap into a five pound bag. Yes. Um, and and it was it was an it, there was an aimlessness to it where it wasn't like overtly boring but it was such an aimlessness to what they were trying to do that I, I had trouble staying focused on it i watched 10 minutes of it and it's like okay i don't want to watch this right now and you know, yeah i end up watching it like i think friday like forcing myself to watch it yeah and again when i say forcing myself it wasn't bad like yeah it, it wasn't as distasteful to me as season one right but still, it was again. It was the best way I could do it was aimless because right. there are things because you change things and then you throw thing this in here, and then you change this up and you mix this up with this, and it's just directionless, aimless. That's all I can. That's the best right. way I can describe this. Episode. Right, right. So the other thing is, um, so they because they didn't have that alien invasion or they didn't focus on it. We got this doc seismic battle, which was fine. That was actually cool. I liked it. Um, but then you have like Eve in Chicago trying to help people and then failing at it. And it's like, well, here's the thing. Like the way Eve's powers work, like it fixes everything. Like the unstable yeah. ground would not have been an issue. Um, you know, and, and it's just kind of a stupid way to like knock her down a peg. Yet they continue to like prop Amber up, um, which is like, what do you have to make her as much of a fuck up as you've made Mark? So that we buy their relationship, if you even have a relationship with them in the future, because yeah. I could see them I, doing like the current Marvel, all new, all Marvel, like no more relationships for heroes. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see them doing that, and completely changing everything about Invincible, mm. like because because there are times, and, and we've seen this with other things where. You think these creators or of what whatever it is of X, Y, or Z, they learn their lesson after controversy from an episode or a movie, and then they you seem like they seem like they're going in the direction, and they get other people people on board, and you're like, okay, maybe I'll give this a chance, yeah. and then they pull the rug right from under you and say, okay, this was our true agenda. I could absolutely see them doing it, what really especially because of who's involved with it. Yeah. What really concerns me is like these writers and directors for the show, none of them really have links. <laughs> like there's not a link in Wikipedia to, to who they are. <laughs> right. I mean, there's just not. That's, so. yeah. All right. The other thing is um, because of the death of King Aquarius of Atlantia, um, Mark has to go down there. And in the comic, he has to go down there and marry the queen. Um, and it's, he has a really funny interaction with C Cecil about like, wait, I'm going to have to lose my virginity to a fish. And Cecil's like, of course you're a virgin. Um, <laughs> which they left out, which was like, I don't know. They, the, the whole Mark Cecil thing is very adversarial. And at this point, it wasn't before. 
Um, because Cecil, like, yes, he views Mark as that, but he keeps his cards very close to his vest. Um, but so he goes down, and instead of the wedding and the the valet who's in love with her and Mark helping it make it look like he was the one who saves her from the kaiju um, instead of mating with her in front of all of Atlantia, um, it's a it's a fight to the death, and it's essentially just a death sentence for Mark. Um, and it was just really stupid. Yeah, it, it, it one it simplifies and it just com- throws by the wayside the culture of the Atlanteans, and because well, she has he, she has a, a a line where she's like, "Oh, we got rid of that stupid." Um, yeah. Oh yeah. That stupid tradition. Yeah, that tradition a long time. And plus, I was running the kingdom anyway because he was always up with the land lovers. It's like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. How about no? Um, Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's like, it's a shame the animation is so good. I really like the animation. Because if the animation was bad, like I would feel like less bad about not liking it. Um, but, and I know there's people out there like, oh, this is great just because it's pretty. Just like Dune. They're like, oh, this was great. It was so Dune. It's like, it wasn't. It was just pretty. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, all right, let's do uh, real quick. Out of, uh, oh, I should say fish. Fish weddings are weird. What do you give this out of five? Three. Oh, well. I went 3.25. Like I, like, I didn't hate it, you know? I just wasn't, like, super enthused about it. And the other thing was the stuff with Russ Livingston and um, Cobra. I mean, the Serpent Society. Um, yes. <laughs> what I, I did that on purpose. Um, it's a, I know, 100%, yeah. But, uh, you know... It, I would have loved to have seen that at the beginning of the next episode and them just showing like the sequids on Mars and, and that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I just, I, I would have liked that a little bit better. And then there's a super iconic scene of Russ's landlady telling him he's got two weeks or he's got to be out and he goes and sits back down and, uh, Oh no, never mind. That's for later. Um, but no, it's uh, with the whole thing with with the the alien who's taken Russ Livingston's place, and he becomes the shapesmith, and you know it's it's funny. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like again, they have uh, you know duplicate and the immortal getting together, but we don't get that fun payoff of you know um, we didn't have the fun payoff with. Eve walking in on uh, Rex with Kate and then the same thing happening when Rex walks in on the, the immortal with Kate. And right. I, it's just like, it's like, come on. There's like, he made all of this rhyme for a reason. So, and, and I, and I will say, and this is not in defense. It's just, just a fact. It's, it's very, it's, it's very difficult to know what to bring from something as grand as Invincible right. onto the small screen. Mm-hmm. That I mean, trying to decide what's important and what's not. Now, with that said, I also it's it also takes a deft hand. Mm-hmm. It also to right. create the guy people behind the show. And again, while they did a better job, I with Adam Eve, with that Adam Eve, yeah. Um, what, what would you call it? The the movie, episode, the movie episode, I mean, what, it was, what have you? It, it wasn't these, long. It wasn't that long, so I mean, it wasn't a yeah. movie. Yeah, and these two episodes, in comparison to season one, you can tell. I, I, I just don't know necessarily right. the people behind this absolutely love, actually love the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, they don't I love just, the comic. I, it doesn't. That's for sure. Yeah, the they comic, don't really I mean, love entertaining people or anything yeah. like that. But uh, here's the other thing: is like. We're, we have two more episodes left for over the next two weeks. And then the last four are going to come out in early 2024. So it's like, okay, do, do we even really care about Why? This? I don't, I don't know. I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. I did not so, know they were doing yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, oh, and the end credit scene was really good when Angstrom finds an alternate Earth where Mark was captured by the Global Defense Agency, and he mm-hmm. shows them. He kind of gains information on how he can fight a Viltrumite, and he gives them that information so they can torture that version of Mark to death. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Anything else, Dad? No, I just, I really want people that really love the source material to do this stuff. Well, here's, or, the, oh, go ahead. or people that are just really, really damn good at what they do. So, well, the best I can give you is make it a chick, make her gay, and lame. <laughs> That's the best I can give you. So, on that note... I'm gonna have to get Perfect that. Ending. I'm gonna have to get that soundbite. So to replace. How dare you! So, <laughs> you know what you need to do is you get a T-shirt with. That. <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about that. Like, I don't think Brad would make that shirt for us. Because I want, I want, I want to get it. I wanted to say, make her a chick, make it a chick, make her gay, and make her infamous. Oh, that's funny, right? Anyway, all right. On that, oh, actually, you know what we should do is uh, make it Brian, make it Daryl, and make it infamous. <laughs> but with a picture of the Kathleen Kennedy Cartman. Oh, that would be great. So, all right, all right. On that note, we uh, we're out. We'll talk until next week. Have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. And we'll talk to you later. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.